The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before give? a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Tyson Stockton. Hey, what's going on? My name is Tyson Stockton from previsible.io. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing beating the Google link spam update. Joining me today is Bree Moru, who's the director at White Light Digital Media, which is a smart, lean, remote league of e-commerce marketers who partner with the best in the industry. We believe that the numbers speak louder than words and use our streetwise style of business intelligence to cut through the bullshit, growing your ROI while you sleep at night. We're thought leaders, not blog readers, and partner with fellow pioneers who make their own rules in the digital game. Yesterday, Bree and I started the conversation doing kind of backlinks 3.0, getting everybody up to speed on where we're at in the state of backlinking and how Google's been responding to it. So today we're going to continue that conversation and move forward to what's working today and what's a more sustainable approach to backlinking efforts in SEO. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. And with that, here's my conversation with Bree Moru, the director at White Light Digital Media. Bree, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Tyson. Thanks for having me again. And yeah, looking forward to giving uh, your audience some nuggets of information on, on how we do work and, 
and how uh, processes are. And with this topic, we were talking before we started recording here, and I think it is fair to just address kind of the elephant in the room of how backlinks can be a super polarizing topic. And it's something that's almost kind of the disgust behind closed doors of it, where there's no way around it. Backlinking is part of SEO. Like it was part of the foundation that Google was built upon, but it has been this kind of mixed in with the dark web of it. And there are spammy players in it. But I think in our conversation yesterday, and hopefully we'll get into more today, there is a quality approach to this. And if done thoughtfully and strategically, it can be a huge lever within SEO. So I'm really looking forward into kind of getting into the what's the right way to approach this subject and what's something that's going to have more longevity and not just a flash in the pan of success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, um, so, so going on from there, so our agency is uh, 70 plus employees and we have like 40 plus people in the backlinking team and we build hundreds and hundreds of links every month. So probably every listener won't be able to relate to the processes that we use but they can definitely take away information that will help them. But if there are another agency, then definitely we, we can definitely explain our process and how we do this. But overall, we'll explain the kind of like requirements that we have for backlinks and how we go about it. So I think uh, you guys do recruitment. And so I think a good place to start is recruitment and link building agencies. I know that sounds like a weird place to start, but the reality, <laughs> the reality is like we have a full-time recruiter and part-time HR manager. And we've literally contacted every single backlink builder on on LinkedIn and every single backlink builder on Upwork. And just we're just trying to scale and scale and scale. And we have our own in-house onboarding team that teaches people our process as well. And the reality is that not many people out there are really good at link building. That's the honest truth. Like we, we have a very high attrition rate, mainly because... Most link builders are using the databases and are actually doing genuine prospecting and outreach. Now, the way that we go about this is, as we said in the previous episode, is the website an authority in the niche? Does it have page traffic? Is it relevant? These are the three main things. Because if it's got page traffic, Google trusts that this website is delivering value to users. That's the most important thing. It's page traffic. So we go into Ahrefs, we use Ahrefs as a mentor, and we basically put in a few filters. So let's just say we're going after the keyword CCTV cameras, as an example. Um, we'll go, we'll put in keyword variations around CCTV cameras or security systems and, and basically create like a, a keyword list that we want to go after. And then we'll basically put a filter into Ahrefs. The basic version is we'll put in a page traffic of one and the keyword in there and just start prospecting through that list. And the first thing that you're going to find is a lot of competitors on the first page. You're going to find that you're going to have most of your competitors in there, which won't link to you. So you have to kind of filter out that process. But basically, the first level is basically, is it ranking in the top 30? So put a filter in top 30 and page traffic of at least one as a basic requirement. Other clients have different requirements. So, But that's like a very, that's an easy place to start. So put the keywords in, the keyword variation, export those lists out, and then just kind of go through and figure out which ones of those websites. You'll find that um, some niches, like medical niches, are very hard because it has a lot of university and educational stuff in there, where you'll find other niches like, um, let's just say it's DIY. Security systems actually wouldn't, would be a little bit hard, but there'll definitely be 
DIY blogs on which security systems are the best or how to create a good security system. So we're looking kind of more for those kind of blogs that are ranking in the top 10 if we can find them. So that's the first process that we do. So in our prospecting process, we have basically there's like six points of context for us to contacts to build one link. And the first part of the process is the prospecting. So someone like if coming back to the point of recruitment and hiring someone, if you go out and just hire one person, if they're a low budget person, they're just going to have a database. And after two or three months, they'll run out of things and they won't actually do the prospecting because it takes between six to 10 hours for us to build a link. So we keep the lower level work with lower level, like less experienced employees. And so we do the prospecting first. They bid out the prospecting lists. So we use two tools. We use Pitchbox and we use Snub.io. And the, the team chooses what they want to use. And, they're the, and Pitchbox is the best tool for scalable, larger companies because it's much more sophisticated. We can do more sophisticated things. And so in that process, what we do is we go out and do the prospecting exactly like I said. We'll basically put those filters in. We put in a couple more, but just to keep it simple, page traffic, it doesn't have any page traffic and is in the top 30. And then we find the opportunities there. Then we have an, the next part of the process is those prospectors give the list to the campaign managers who then run campaigns. We use Gmail accounts and we warm them up first. So you can use, you know, we warm up manually, but you can use stuff because we have a team of 40. We can warm up a Gmail account quite easily, which is another part of the process. And then we, we have it in Pitchbox and then we run it through Pitchbox. And then that campaign manager, once you run the campaign, they might have like 100 leads that we found that, that fit our requirements for, you know, CCTV cameras or home security systems or whatever the keyword we're going for, they'll run the campaign and they'll run like a, a three or four email sequence. We often find that, and so we ask the way that we run our campaigns is that we'll tell them the exact URL that we want. We're not like, hey, dear sir, madam, can we guest post on your blog? It's like, hey, we love your blog. We love your blog and we specifically love this page here. Are you okay with us putting a link on there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The differences between the PBNs and the database-driven process and what we're doing is we're actually contacting companies that are actually genuinely making money because they're in the top 10 or whatever for a specific thing. So these links are not really their primary source of income, whereas with PBNs and and database-driven websites, that's their primary source of income. So you'll find that these guys don't really care about 100 bucks. So it really depends on the individual. Either they're, they're not used to getting emailed like that because we're hitting people that are not getting spam so much. So either they, they we, we get high quality links at a pretty good rate or if they know the value, then they'll charge more. Then we'll go back to the client and say, hey, we found this really, really good link, but the publication fee is this much. Like, are you okay for us to move some of the budget from here across to here to build this one link? Because out of 10 links that we build, one of them will be like, really, really, really good, like really, really, really good. And that one link might be the difference, like might be the one that makes them pop. So we have the campaign manager that basically, so we've got the prospector, then we have the campaign manager. This all happens in Pitchbox. And then the campaign manager is basically running a campaign for multiple clients. But if they get a yes, then it goes to one of our senior link builders and they're the ones that do the negotiation. So that, so that goes across to them and that senior link builder basically analyzes the website properly and then does the negotiation. That's a higher level of person. And that's where the difference is. Like if you hire one person and they're a senior link builder, they're not going to want to spend hours and hours building prospecting lists for you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, right. yeah, so that's the process that we use. And that's that's how you systematize like a large scale team. 
And you'll find that if you hire the guys like on Upwork or on LinkedIn that are backlink builders that are one-stop shops, they're all pretty much using databases. And the one way you can get around this, you will know this because we hire them as well. And then they'll come and work for us for two or three months. And then magically, they won't have any more links to deliver. So that's one way to find out because they won't have any more links in that niche that actually they can publish. And the other way to find out is just ask your backlinking agency to send you the prospecting lists. If they tell you that they generally do your outreach, they're like, they have prospecting lists. We have prospecting. You've got massive, <laughs> massive prospecting lists. Just ask them for the prospecting yeah. lists, you know? like Transparency. Like, yeah, transparency, you know? And so... And I actually want to just pause right there, kind of go back just a little. So in this process, like the key element is you're looking for relevancy of the pages based on the keyword list that you're targeting. And then you're looking for who actually has traffic coming in. So they're being deemed as a quality site in Google's eyes. Running down just a a hypothetical scenario, say like you have two different targets for this outreach. Both are pages that are receiving a similar volume of traffic. And one is more a niche domain, or let's say even one is a niche domain with a little bit less traffic to it. Another domain is a broader like they cover a variety of topics, but both piece individual URLs are specific to what you're looking at. How would you evaluate or kind of what would be your personal preference of who the stronger target would be? That's an excellent question, Tyson. And we come across this like every day. And the reality is, is DA doesn't matter. It's relevancy. And it, I know it's controversial. I understand it's controversial. But let's just say you have a generic news site Yes, there's a chance you might be able to rank. If it's not ranking, we don't want it. Like it's very, it's that simple. If it's not ranking, we don't want it. And so we'll have clients that come into us and go like, like, oh, it's only a DA15. And we're like, yeah, but look at how many keywords it's ranking for. It's ranking for a whole bunch of keywords. It's getting traffic and that's what we're looking for. So this is a common issue that we come across and they're looking at that because their clients will come and say, we only want DA70 and DA80 links. No, 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 no. And we're like, actually, in your niche and, and what's working is that, you know, it's just DA40 and above. And we find the average, because we don't price on DA as well, most of our websites are DA40 plus anyway, because they're authorities in that niche and, and they've got traffic. So we don't price based on DA, which is actually a really good thing. For, we, we're like a lot cheaper than most other link building agencies because we don't price on DA. And so always niche. If it's ranking, Google is telling you, Now, the issue that we come across, and this is something if you do start using this process, is we're obviously looking for stable traffic on that page and obviously on the website overall. But the issue that we come across is that when we go in and build that link, it might have been ranking position seven and having page traffic. And then, you know, by the time we do the finish the report and wrap up the month and send send it through to the client, it's dropped down to, you know, position 15 or whatever. And there's zero page traffic because that's an issue that that happens in this process, but that comes with the territory. We can't control when we looked at it and then, you know, in three weeks time when when we send the report where the Googles shift the rankings around. Interesting. We have our identification of it. We've identified our targets for it and whether, you know, someone's working with you or maybe they're doing this in-house, they're going through the outreach to acquire these links from these target sites. What's your perspective on kind of like the ongoing monitoring? Like, is that something that you're just constantly doing for clients to see like, has the link been removed? Have they slapped a no follow tag on it? Like, 
is there, do you think that that's something that's kind of overlooked of more of like the ongoing management of those acquired links? We actually been spending a lot of money on software and development and building out our own custom. We've actually built out our own, our own software around all this stuff. And we're actually building out that exact feature as part of a whole process, like just to streamline our processes because, yeah, it's the automation factor and understanding all that process. We've actually just come across, it's definitely an issue that we have and we do monitor to a degree, but we've just come across part of what we were building. <laughs> we found another, another piece of software that kind of offers that service and it's called, we've just started trialing it out, it's called base.me. And they kind of offer that service as well. But it's not something that we really, really focus on. But if a client comes to us and, and says, hey, that link from three months ago is now gone, we go through a process of going, hey, we always make sure the link's permanent because now a lot of people are trying to charge like literally subscriptions to have links and things like that. So we make sure the link's permanent. And if they do, like a lot of, and if they do remove the link or whatever it is or put a new follow tag on it, we reach out and renegotiate with them, the, the team. And if they don't, for some reason, remove the uh, either put the link back on or remove the no follow tag. No follow tag, we don't find that happens very often. To be honest with you, it's more they just remove the link. It's just easier for them, <laughs> and we'll renegotiate. And, and like honestly, our clients are worth more to us than one link. So we'll just if that happens, then we'll just build an extra link. You know, it's not a big issue for us, but it does definitely happen. We should probably put more places in more systems in place, but we're more focused on the outcome. In, and we do get the outcomes. So it's more about the outcomes. Like, yeah, cool, we lost that link. We'll build another one. But we're more focused on the increase in traffic. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And I would assume too, with like this type of approach to it, you probably don't have the same volume of fallout or loss backlinks because it sounds like you know you're actually connecting with the owners of these pages and the domains of it so it's i would assume that you'd have a little bit less fallout with this approach too is that fair that's a fair comment because what you'll find with the scrim if you run those database websites that are pb like expired domains you'll find they hit it like for some reason they they only stop at about 300 for some weird reason and they'll just delete pages and re-put pages in. So if you're buying from, as I said in the last podcast, I only know of two other companies that do genuine outreach. 
like genuine, like proper. I mean, there's. A, I'm not saying there's not others out, out there. Out of but I'm how saying, many backlinkers? <laughs> yeah, I know there's a lot more, but the reality is, is like I know a lot of backlinking agencies, and there's only two other ones that I know that actually do genuine outreach. So, so it's it's definitely yeah, an issue. Maybe last question I have, and I mean, I think this has been super helpful, just highlighting that hey, you can take a thoughtful and strategic approach to backlinking. Knowing, and we talked yesterday about kind of like the evolution in the space within SEO, what would be your predictions for what's next to come? Like, would you anticipate just continued kind of strengthening or tightening of the restrictions in this area? Or what's kind of your stance on where it's going from here? Yeah, it's a very good question. Good question. So when I first spoke about this after the Linksman update at the end of 2011 and said, this is our process, this is what we're doing. Basically, what we're doing is a link insertion. It, but it's doing a link insertion on a relevant page. It's nothing sexy, nothing new. We've just put relevancy with link insertion or a niche edit together. And what's been really funny is that since I've been talking openly about our process, I'm now starting to get these emails from the DSR, madam, do you want high quality guest posts and link insertions or niche edits? It's becoming, that's becoming more of a thing. The difference between the niche edits that they're getting and the niche edits that we get is a lot of times that there's actually a lot of suppliers out there that actually have uh, contracts with web hosting providers and actually provide niche edits on, well, firstly, those niche edits don't have any traffic. That's the first thing. But some of these providers have like, and there was a, there was an update many years ago around all this stuff where basically the hosting company would find a website that had a, a disused page and that have contracts with backlinks with some of the big, big names in the industry. And they would basically go into the web hosted, would go in and, and allow the, the SEO to put a backlink on a website that was completely unaware or that they were getting a backlink on their website back to the client's website. So this is part of the, the shady side of, of all this stuff. And it's, it's real. Like it's very, very real. And I just had one happen to me where someone contacted me like two days ago and they're paying, a, they're paying an SEO agency and they're like, they said, Bree, something's not right here. I found this web page and it's just weird. And, like, and I was like, first thing is like, you've been hacked. And then I looked at it further and what they'd actually done was this SEO agency had built a page on their website and was building links to another client. <laughs> and they're charging them a monthly retainer. That was a new one for me. I was like, well, this is that, that that's next level. Like that's really next level. You know, so but to bring it back to where the future's going, like the more open I am about this strategy, this is where people will start copying it and start and then what will happen is that, that it'll get abused in the same way that PBNs and, and that they will start creating these pages that, that are in that niche. And then, then they'll start basically sending artificial traffic that's informational to boost up that page. Because more the more I talk about it, the more people will start to come in they'll, and they will start to manipulate it. And then, you know, in two or three years time, I'll have to think of a new strategy. <laughs> To because people will catch on. This is the point, you know, and that's how it works, you know. So, but I think that it's going to get the algorithm is so much more complicated now than than it ever has been. And reverse engineering, like, because we don't have control over the whole website, we only have control over the backlinks that we build a lot of the time, depending on the client or depending on the CMS that they're using or whatever the situation is. You know, we don't have, as you know, we know we never have complete control. 
So we might have like five pages that have gone up and one page has been negatively impacted. Any SEO agency that tells you or backing agency that tells you that they haven't been negatively impacted is lying. <laughs> so we might have like five pages that are going up and one page that's going down and we can't figure out why because we're building the same links, same content. Like it's really hard to figure out. Like before it was very easy. You'd be like, oh, it's content or it's this or it's that. Same niche, same target pages. And for some reason, something's been triggered. And it's hit that page. So I think that the PR links are really, really important. Like Haro links are really important and PR links, links that other people can't get. It's just, just so, so valuable. And it's about having that diverse... It's about... Because we are manipulating a healthy website. Like you work with enterprise clients and they just have a whole bunch of backlinks because they're an enterprise client and, and everyone talks about them in social media and, and you know on blogs and that kind of stuff. So we're replicating that process so we're still it's about making sure that it's all within the kind of the right parameters and you're not just following one strategy and one strategy alone fair and it seems like part of the game in it that it's like our space our industry evolves and then we evolve in tactics and it's just this ongoing kind of cat and mouse game (laughs) that we're playing and to be honest with you, backlinks is king, man. If you're working like on like local SEO, sure that you know backlinks don't matter so much. You can do content optimization or strategy. But we can throw thirty thousand dollars at a campaign a month and we will get you like we we will just crush it. Like we would like if we start throwing that amount of backlinks to the right page, it's a repeatable process. It really like when you're doing to medium to high level, it really does come down to backlinks. Now, what's interesting though, though, what we found is that because we work with clients, as I said, that have like, not that we have the whole budget, but they'll have like two or $300,000 a year to spend on backlinks. That's very, very common for us. And what you'll find a lot of the time is like in the highly competitive niches, we do two things. We do full stack SEO and we do PPC, mainly focused on e-commerce because that's where the money is. What we find is like if it's a very highly competitive keyword term, like let's say CCTV cameras, which is a very highly competitive term, there's so much, millions and millions of dollars of revenue behind that keyword. We find that no matter how, like because the clients are like, let's add more budget, let's add more budget. And if they get in the top three for like a highly competitive keyword term, that we find that it doesn't matter how many more backlinks we build, we just can't get them across the line. And that's when conversion rate optimization comes into play and user engagement, user experience comes into play. Because when you're in this highly competitive terms, it doesn't like we can increase the budget, but we find that the changes happen when we go, hey, we need to change the structure of the page and change how the user uses the page. And we, that's when we get more into the, the kind of you know, business intelligence and user experience process, because that's what makes a difference in those highly competitive terms in, in that area. Absolutely. And so then, then we sit there and we said, like, okay, okay, let's decrease the, the budget and we'll start looking, we'll start tracking more and start doing more CRO based stuff to, to basically get them, if we can see if we can move them above. That's a great call out too, because I do feel like sometimes the, the engagement metrics are something that people oftentimes overlook in diagnosing or looking for opportunities in it. It's like, of course, we've been spending the entire conversation around like backlinks, content, is talked about rightfully so, but it is talked about quite a lot. You have your on page, but I do think, and I mean, it was refreshing too to see with like the index source code link of that kind of validation in the engagement metrics and some value into also following those from an SEO perspective too. 
100% or 1000% because that's it. Like, because we've seen it with our own clients, you know, we can throw three times as many backlinks to a page and still not get from three to one. We can get from zero to top 10 real quickly with a higher volume of backlinks. And then we'll hit, you know, position three or whatever. And we, then, all right, cool. We're making the clients making millions of dollars in revenue. We increase the budget a lot. We increase the backlink retainer a lot, but we can't bump them up. It's like, okay, then what's the difference here? And the difference here is the engagement. That's my subjective experience. So like, I mean, I'm not the algorithm. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and there's, there's also just so much variance within that, depending on the niche, the type of sites. But it's like, I do agree. It's like making those jumps in the, the higher or lower rankings to then the top. It's like you're kind of going from plain in the minors and then you get to page one. It's like, okay, now stakes are a little bit higher. Quality of content needs to be stronger. Like how well these are internally linked even or kind of grouped within the site architecture. And it's the stakes get just get raised higher and higher in that space. Tyson, you bring up a really, really important point that's often majorly overlooked is internal linking because internal links have a lot of value and page sculpting is still a thing. So it's really, really important that internal linking is done too because the people will blast heaps of money on just buying backlinks. And it's like, we can link from other pages in your website with the exact keyword term because we're allowed to do that because that's within Google's guidelines. You know, like that's that's totally <laughs> fine. You know what I mean? So internal linking is yeah. something that's often overlooked and that's something that, that we address as well. So not within the backlink retainers, but obviously more on the SEO side. But definitely internal linking is, is incredibly valuable. And there's softwares out there. I'm a bit out of, I'm not doing the technical stuff anymore, but there's softwares out there that help you with all your page sculpting and stuff like that. And definitely recommend that if you don't have the budget to begin with for external backlinking or so linking from outside your website, just start getting the internal stuff right, you know, and then work from there. Absolutely. I'm, yeah, a huge advocate for the value of the internal linking. And I think it's way too often that you're found in conversations where, whether it's the content strategy or even like just chasing after those kind of random quick wins, but it's not piecing it together into like a cohesive strategy and actually being like, hey, we want to succeed on these terms or these topics. And then looking at, okay, what are all the other versions or kind of like subtopics within that, that then we can build that more of kind of topical authority and yeah, internal links for that is such a critical aspect. Yeah, it's the content silos with the internal linking structure. And then we often boost the second that the pages, like once we've done a lot of work on the first page and we have enough budget, we'll start boosting those other pages as well because that, that just juices up as well. So there's obviously, it's, it's, it's a big part of it as well because you can't just have, and that's the point, it's about you can't just backlink to, you can't just put a $20,000 a month backlink budget to two page or one page on the website. It just looks artificial. It needs to have that spread, you know, and it needs to look organic. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great takeaway from yesterday's conversation and today's is it has to follow in this organic kind of natural nature. And again, like whether you're talking just in backlinks or your SEO efforts at whole, like you need to kind of follow that, I guess, quality approach to this and not looking for just the, you know, cheap tricks, quick, quick wins. Yeah. And just a little tip as well for everyone out there. Like if you are starting a fresh site, the organic way to start a fresh site is with brand, uh, with like social domains and all kind of like, you know, 
claiming all your social media and all that kind of stuff. That's the quick and easy way. Then obviously some citations, if it's local or depending whether it has a, a physical address. And that's how a normal website starts. They start with branded links and some business citations in there. And then they start out, you know, write, they write content, they start creating their own stuff, and then they start getting backlinks because, and, and that's how that's how we approach it as well. And that's how we you know, we don't do the smaller kind of like, you know, social media stuff like that. But that's an organic flow into how a website should grow. Not just building a website, chucking 100,000 words on it and just pointing 100 PBNs at it. It just, it just looks artificial. Yeah, and if you think of just the complexity of the algorithms, like that type of detection is very, very basic in comparison to the other factors that we're looking at. And with that, it wraps up this episode of the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks again to Bree Maru, Director of White Light Digital Media for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Bree, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes and be sure to check out his company's website, wldm.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.